Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. The Philadelphia Eagles... 6-0, and the Steelers are traveling to Philly, Northeast Pennsylvania, home of many things, including your very own Noah Strackbine. I'll take that one as possibly the best thing to come out of any PA. All jokes aside, Kenny Pickett returns home, grew up an Eagles fan. TJ Watt, possible return. Chris Boswell, scary late week injury. We got some news on that one, some insights for you. It's a beautiful day in the Berg. It's a very uh, nerve-wracking weekend for the Steelers. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, feeling good. This is a game that I've been really intrigued by since the schedule came out. Um, a lot of a lot of interesting factors, really, just because um, Philly's a uniquely constructed team. Um, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I, I know the Steelers are heavy underdogs, but that's nothing necessarily new for us. I mean, we've been talking about that for pretty much the whole season now. So I feel like uh, the Steelers aren't going to be favored in very many more games. Um, but still a lot to look forward to in terms of the now, matchup this weekend. How many games do you think they would be favored in for the rest of the season? Atlanta, maybe. Atlanta's yeah. at home. That's the, that's the thing. At home, you so, get three points yeah, for being at home. <laughs> true, true, um, true. Plus the fake crowd noise, probably three and a half points. Yeah. That um, might be zero. The answer might be zero. It, it's going to be very, very minimal. Uh, you know, probably one to two um, at, at the very you know most. But obviously, um, you know, if the return of a certain someone who's been practicing this week um, kind of comes around and maybe he gives them a spark, uh, then maybe we're, you know, changing our tune or maybe, you know, Vegas starts changing their their tune. I see we got somebody in here from Kentucky, uh, Ty Zombie 86. What's up, brother? That's interesting. A good old Kentucky. I was going to ask if you knew, like, it, does somebody come up to you in the streets and be like, hey, man, I – Watch your show. I'm the only other person from Kentucky that watches your show. So. <laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate the the love from from KY. It's funny out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, where it's always cold, and if it's not cold, it's like humid. I believe. I don't know. It's weird out there. Uh, you guys Valley. have basketball. It's cool. Yeah. Sure. Uh, what did you just say? Hot Valley. No, so, Hot Valley, man. Allergies are terrible here. That's the that's the worst. That's good. So. Every time you talk about this place, all I think is, man, I would never want to go to Kentucky ever. Yeah. But <laughs> all right, let's jump into TJ Watt. I think obviously the biggest hold up, time out. North Dakota here. Shout out to our boy Taylor. That's a good one. Hawaii, what is going on? Learning new things every day. We appreciate all you guys. All right, TJ Watt returned to practice this week. Did not say he won't play when talking to the media today for the first time since his injury. I mean, you you saw it. You saw his interview. You saw the quotes. I think the biggest question is, did you get the sense that he really will play against the Eagles, or are we building up our hopes for nothing and they're going to keep their expectations and they're going to return after the bye week? He didn't completely rule it out and just the way he was talking and maybe this is just the optimist in me but the way he was talking almost seemed like it was something from Tomlin like hey don't go out here and tell them that you're playing let's kind of keep a little bit of mystery behind the curtain and just see what happens um you know I'm not sure if he comes back or not I understand um 
everyone's concerned with the bye week coming up and, you know, you want to get him extra rest. Steelers are also on the verge of being two and six. So like if he is healthy and obviously only him and the team doctors um, really know that for sure. If he is healthy, I think he goes and I'm guessing it's going to be on a pitch count. Um, Now keeping him on the sideline is going to be difficult because of, you know, how competitive he is and how, you know, spectacular, you know, of a player he is. But um, I, it would not surprise me if he plays on Sunday. I, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow for sure, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah, they have until 4 o'clock tomorrow. I agree with you. You know, I'm looking through the transcripts right now, and there's nothing that, like, stands out as a quote that, like, should lead you on or shouldn't lead you on. It was – he rode that line perfectly. <laughs> but perfectly. You, but you know better than anybody, he's not really – an interesting guy to interview. No, you know, he no, doesn't say much. Guy alive. TJ, TJ's really the ultimate, like, cliche um, football player interview. Like, he doesn't really give you anything. Like, um, the best that I feel like, at least from my perspective on listening to it, um, it really seems like the best stuff that he gives you is post-loss because you can feel his frustration. But other than that, like, He's pretty even killed, very boring, a lot of cliche. Um, he really just doesn't really give the media a lot to go off of. The only thing that I will say, too, um, you know, it's no secret. Tomlin talked about it this week during his presser, but the Steelers are really struggling to get after the passer right now. Um, yeah. And that's a huge key for really every NFL defense um, is getting after the passer. But they rank 30th in pressure percentage. Um, they're on pace for less than 30 sacks this season. That is not the Steelers defense that we've grown accustomed to. Even before this defense kind of took that leap into, um, you know, to where they were very good in like 19 and 20, um, even when they were just kind of average or bad, they still got pressure on the quarterback, but they're not doing that at all this year. And that's definitely a concern um, moving forward. Oh, definitely. Especially when like it's 12 and a half sacks, I believe they have, or 12 sacks this season. One of them's from TJ, six and a half of them are from Alex Highsmith, who leads the NFL. In, and that's the craziest part. He leads the NFL in sacks, and it doesn't feel like the Steelers have anybody who could produce sacks, which goes back to this game, because I think if there is an opportunity for TJ to play, it's like 15 to 20 snaps. And during those 15 to 20 snaps, all they're asking him to do is go take some some double teams, triple teams away from Alex Highsmith. Say, hey, draw some attention to you. Let Alex do his thing. Like They have somebody on the other side that could – rush the passer and be totally fine doing so. If you could just go out there and draw some attention, not do anything crazy. Don't go hurt yourself. I think that, I think that's, that's a game plan that the Steelers, you know, at this point they don't have any other options. So that might be their best option. But you know, again, the cliche is like, you have no idea what to expect from this guy because just like you said, he just knows what to say. And even if you could just get him back for, um, you know, third downs, for example, mm-hmm. like, you know, if he's able to give you 20, 30 snaps, but, you know, 15 of those come on or, you know, 10 to 15 of those come on third down, or maybe you can, you know, play him on third downs or obvious pass for situations and then save him kind of for the fourth quarter if the game's close, obviously. Um, yep. You know, that that's still a big jump. And, like, I don't think you can rule out to kind of what he does, obviously from, like, a leader perspective or just – you know, the defense getting, you know, their guy, their superstar back. Um, yep. But also, like you mentioned, just drawing attention away from other guys. I mean, they still have a lot of players on the defensive line who haven't really been winning a lot of, like, any double team reps, but even a lot of, like, 
single team reps. So aside from Alex Highsmith, he's really been the only guy up front that's won those one-on-one matchups. Um, so getting TJ back to draw some double teams, like could, I know it sucks that Larry, Larry Ogunjobi is going to be out this week because I was really um, excited to see them play together next to each other. Hopefully he's back after the bye, but you know, opportunities maybe for other people uh, moving forward. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an opportunity. It's, going to be a very heavy Isaiah Loudermilk week, I believe, which could be fine. Um, Have to stop the run. You got to stop the run against Philly. You got to, you got to get somebody like there's two, two guys that outside of TJ, I think make the biggest impact on impact on defense this week. And that's Devin Bush. And I don't want to just say Isaiah Loudermilk, but that entire defensive line, like if you got, if you can't stop the run and keep Jalen Hart's contained, you're screwed against a quarterback like that. But yeah. having TJ certainly helps that. Yeah, I mean, um, you look at Philly's numbers just on the ground. I mean, yeah, pretty spectacular. Just and you know, they've they've got a very unique um identity on offense that they really rarely stray from. They want to run the football. Um, you know, they're fourth in rushing EPA on the season, they're first in rushing success rate. 49.2% of their runs have been deemed successful this year. I mean, that's that's pretty freaking good, man. I mean, you look at the Steelers, they're all the way down there at 37.9. That basically means one and every, like every other run that they have is successful. And that's really the staple of their offense. They kind of use Hertz as like that kind of force multiplier in the run game. Um and, you know, it, it works for them. It's it's different than what, you know, the other like high powered offenses in like Buffalo and Kansas City um, are using. But it's still it's pretty darn effective. Oh, it's super effective. That's, I mean, they're six and all for a reason. And even me and you talked before the podcast and they might not be as good as, you know, their record appears that they are. But this team is still good. Like, it's not a bad football team. It's a huge jump from last year. And it's because of that it's because of their guys up front who open up the holes and allow things to run it's you know give Jalen Hurts all the time in the world which again leads full circle back to you need a quality pass rush if you could beat this offensive line you could beat the Philadelphia Eagles the problem is is that the Steelers might not play an offensive line as good as Philadelphia's for the rest of the season yeah which means that and and to not have Larry Ogunjobi who might be at this point in the year your best inside defensive lineman I mean it's it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. But yeah. I mean, overall, I still don't think like TJ's impact would be nice. It would be it would be a good addition. But you, you're you going to need more than TJ Watts, 20 snaps to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. No doubt about that one. Um, sticking with the defense, no Larry Ogunjobi, uh, no Levi Wallace. You get a Kella Witherspoon back. You get your boy Kella Witherspoon back. Forgot about that one. You know, do do they have the hits? Do they have do they have, have enough going for them right now to just say, okay, those injuries shouldn't kill them? That that's the thing. I mean, this is a big week, like you mentioned, for like Isaiah Loudermilk. I mean, if if TJ plays, depending on what it, it may depend on the front, they may go away from a little bit of that, you know, three three five um set that they've kind of been using up front. Um, you know, if they play, maybe they go back to like a traditional base. I'm interested with Loudermilk because they're going to need him to play extremely steady against the run. You have to get this yeah. Philly team in like third and long because that's the thing. I think for most teams, at least in like the little bit that I was able to watch um, of like their third down stuff this week, 
most teams, like when they get into like third and three, third and four, like those are obvious passing situations. For Philly, it's different because they have a running quarterback. So like they will run like design quarterback runs on those type of downs. So you can't you can't live with, you know, okay, we got them in third down and three, third down and four. Like you have to get them in like third and seven and longer to really get them out of their run game. Um, so that really starts on first down. I mean, the, the Eagles, there's no secret in what they want to do. It's really just a matter of like, can you beat them up front with how good their offensive line is? Cause it is probably, um, the best unit in the entire NFL. Oh, it's definitely the best unit in the NFL. That's, I don't know. I, I told you before we, we got on here, I did not watch much Philly tape this week. I've just been so busy. There is no hiding that Philadelphia's offensive line is just absolutely unreal. Like it's not even, it's, it's like, it's not even a question. Um, I love this question. I asked you last week this question and I, I enjoyed the answer so much that I think I'm going to ask it every single week. <clears throat> if you were the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you were Mike Tomlin, how are you playing the Philadelphia Eagles to stop Jalen Hurts? and this offense this week. Mm. I'm also pretty positive that Mike Tomlin heard you two weeks ago when I first asked you this question and. Yeah. Oh no, no. Maybe it was last week against Miami and it worked because 16 points is a win. Yeah. The defense is playing better. That's, um, that's kind of the interesting thing about this matchup is there is, hope that the Steelers are trending in the right direction on defense. They just got to really get a little bit healthier. They just need TJ back. And I think that you could see a good defense kind of begin to populate. Yep. Um, I mean, you're going to have to score points. I don't think that the Steelers have enough. It's not necessarily X's and O's from my perspective. It's more of like um, talent up front. I don't know if the Steelers have the talent up front on the defensive line to just stop. Phillies ground attack they they do not let's be honest they do not. yeah but they absolutely that has to be priority number one so like if that means um you know playing an extra safety in the box and rolling to red Terrell Edmonds down playing a lot of like middle field closed um type of stuff then that's what they're gonna have to do um I know that that's not great because that's going to mean, you know, your corners on the outside are going to be matched up with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. But I think if you're going to look at that, um, that's kind of how that needs to play out. The other thing about Philly is um, they don't use the middle of the field. So Hertz does not – Hertz really doesn't throw to the middle of the field very often. Um, He's a shorter quarterback, so, like, there's always that speculation that that's why – um, but he doesn't, he didn't in college. Uh, he really doesn't from what I see right now, I don't know what the numbers necessarily are, um, but they don't really use, um, the middle of the field. So who knows? I, I don't know how they're going to play them specifically. I know that it's going to definitely be, um, featured kind of around the, around the run game. I would just take my chances on the outside. Um, you know, and just live. If, if Hertz beats me over the top and force them, you know, to throw the ball down the field, that's another thing. Philly doesn't push the ball down the field a ton. Like his uh, average depth, average depth of target is actually lower than Kenny's, and Kenny's is like near the bottom of the league. So they don't yeah. throw the ball down the field a ton. They don't use the middle of the field. It's really just the explosive plays and then just the continual kind of pounding they put on your defense in the ground game. 
All right, so I'm gonna make. Oh, I got a good. I got a good question. There's a good question in here from Anthony. Can you highlight oh, that about one? the Kenny? Yeah, I do want to <laughs> get to Kenny. Um, I want to talk about Chris Boswell before we get to Kenny, but I do have a bad joke that if the Eagles don't throw over the middle of the field, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers defense knows how to defend that because <laughs> they never have to, to deal with that in practice yeah. ever. Um, all right. So one more injury I want to talk about before we get to, I do want to switch over to the offense and Kenny Pickett. Um, we'll definitely answer Anthony's question. Um, Chris Boswell popped up with a groin injury questionable. I would say it's highly unlikely that he goes on Sunday. Um, huge loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously you've heard, from rumblings that this could be a longer thing than it is a short-term thing, which is concerning. Um, I, I don't even know like what to ask, you know, what, how concerning is it? What do you do from here? I, I can't even come up with a name off the top of my head. That's on the market that you just go out and sign tomorrow to, to toss out there on, on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's going to probably, um, I'm guessing it's going to be yeah, what's who do they uh, have in the preseason? It's Nick Skiba. Is that how they say his last name? It was I, I don't remember. I know, yeah. he kicked, I know he kicked in, um, I believe it was the Seattle game in the preseason. I'm guessing yeah. that that is probably going to be where they kind of tilt. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's a big loss. I mean, Boz, you know, top five kicker in the league, um, smooth, steady. You don't ever really have to worry about him in terms of, you know, especially in you know, crunch time. So it's a big deal. Um, you know, I don't know how much field goals are necessarily going to get you this week when you're playing an offense like Philly, you know, who's a top five offense really across the board. Um, but on a points per drive basis, they're fourth yards, they're fifth. So field goals weren't really going to get you a ton this week anyway, but still having that guy that can make one if you need to settle for one is huge. Um, hopefully it's not a long-term thing and uh, Boz is back after the bye, but I think we'd both be pretty surprised if he played, you know, tomorrow no, or Sunday. I'd be super, I'd be super surprised if he played on Sunday. As you were talking, it hit me that he is my kicker in both of my fantasy football leagues. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I don't why that wasn't my first thought. I have no idea. Um, it's tough, dude, because it is a kicker. It is a guy that you're going to rely on a lot, especially against a team like Philly. I think it could be overlooked how valuable Chris Boswell could be because you find yourself in a tight situation late in the fourth quarter and you're going to send Nick Skiba out there, you know, we, you could take that back to, what was it, 2018, when, 2019, when, when was, when, when did Ben come back? When was the 11-0 run, 2019, 2020? Um, when Chris Boswell wasn't out there for Washington, and they elected to just exactly. start going for it on fourth down all the time. You fall into those situations, you don't know what kind of hole you're going to dig yourself when you're, trying to play catch up football or just get points real late in the game. And that's a tough situation. Cause then you're looking at it. Are we going to put out a kicker who hasn't kicked yet? Or are we going to put out Kenny Pickett and say, Hey, go win us a football game, you know, on the 40 yard line with seven seconds left. Like that is just an impossible task to ask either of those guys, but you're going to have to make that decision. And then, you know, it stinks. You don't have a guy like Justin Reed or anybody. I don't even know who the, I think it's Derek Watt is the, emergency kicker for the Steelers because Presley Harvin can't kick a ball for his life. I think it's Derek Watt who kicked in high school, who did everything in high school from what we know, but it is, it's a huge injury. One that I think is going to go overlooked for a couple of days, but it's going to make a big impact 
in at least one game in the next couple of weeks. But like you said, hopefully it's nothing too super serious, you know, especially because he comes off a contract. Like, you know, it's, you never want to see that. Um, just from like what I've seen at practice is he's not doing much. So I don't know how long this injury is lingered for. I don't know if it's brand new, but it's definitely a little concerning. All right, let's get to Anthony's question about Kenny Pickett. But first, we got a word from our boys over at Manscaped. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. I won't lie, Derek. I've ran out of all of my Manscaped stuff, so we're going to have to get some new Manscaped stuff. Whether you're brand new or already with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels, the Platinum Package 4.0. With this glorious package, you can align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside their 10-part Platinum Packages, everything you know and love about their performance package, plus some shower goodies to some shower goodies included to elevate your grooming game to Platinum. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof, so you can keep scaping even as the weather's changing. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free deodorant And don't worry, it's not pumpkin spice. It's a cologne quality fragrance. But we shouldn't have a signature scent just for our pits. Use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to make sure your go-to smell is top shelf and not sweaty balls. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag, both specially made to hold your goodies. Get the Platinum Package this fall. These products are guaranteed to be hits for your dangly bits go to manscaped.com and get 20 percent off plus free shipping with our code steelers 20 that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code steelers 20 manscaped clear out the leaves it's your tree trunks time to shine um did run out of all my manscaped stuff so uh waiting on something i smell like regular soap these days sucks (laughs) absolutely sucks um all right let's answer anthony's question here flip it over to the offensive side of the ball what growth do you want to see from kenny pickett between now and the end of the season to confirm he's your guy going forward upcoming draft has some stellar talent so it definitely does i got some thoughts i'll go to you first what are you what are you looking to see i'll let you go first because my answer might be long-winded Awesome. Just trying to catch my breath from my long-winded manscape thing, but that's fine. I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. Um, all right, Kenny Pickett, what it's am I so looking good. for? I'm just looking for more consistency. There's a lot that goes into the quarterback position, and I think a lot of it is rushed sometimes when it comes to decision-making, um, you know, turnovers, success, the offense as a whole. I want to see a couple of things. I want to see everything start to slow down to the point where I still expect Kenny Pickett to throw a lot of interceptions and make a lot of mistakes this season. I think that's totally fine. 
What I want to see in between that is those mistakes come more because the defense made a play and less because he forced a ball into a hole that he probably shouldn't have or wasn't on the same page as his wide receivers. I think if those things start to click and things start to slow down for him, you could see that there's development coming because I think this is a step-by-step process. It goes, game's got to slow down. His adjustments have to get better. His timing will grow, and then you'll start to see success. That's that's the list of steps to becoming a successful young quarterback. Um, on top of that, I think that he's got control of the room. I'm not worried about his leadership at all, but I don't want to see him fighting guys on the field. You know, just that's just not a thing for me. Um, and I'd like to see him trust his team a little bit more, which again, I think comes with time. I think right now he's looking at these guys and saying, holy crap, we're two and five. I need to win some football games. This team has their back up against the wall and they put me out there. He's the ultimate competitor. You got to let your team win some football games sometimes. And I would like to see him start to trust his offense because you see that you see that in times where he doesn't step up into the pocket. Instead, he takes off to the side. And you just look at that play and you go, if you stepped up and trusted your team to hold that pocket long enough, instead of trying to make a play, something will develop. You got to trust the guys around you. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm going to take a deep breath here and I'm going to let you go. Um, Yeah. So that's a really good question, Anthony. It's definitely something that I've thought a lot of this week after watching the Dolphins game. Uh, Now that we've kind of got like a smaller sample size of like what he looks like so far. Um, the number one thing that concerned me with Kenny coming out of pit was um, he's a good athlete, but does is he going to be able to play the same way in the NFL that he played in college? And what I mean by that is um, he has a tendency to bail on some clean pockets. He did it multiple times last week. Um, and it's just, it's tough. Like you have to be really gifted to like win as a scrambler and it kind of cuts your margin for error too. Like you have to make spectacular plays down the field to kind of um, make up for that. So for me, the pocket navigation, the ability to kind of like manipulate the pocket um, operate when things get a little muddy. Um, that's the absolute number one thing that I think he has to work on and that you really want to focus in on for the rest of the season. Um the Steelers aren't pushing the ball down the field. I think some of that is, you know, him not really being comfortable in the pocket to hold the football and push it down the field. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of schematic concerns. I mean, there's no doubt that he's in a terrible offensive scheme. Um, for me, I think it's really just about seeing growth in terms of like pocket awareness, um, ability to operate like kind of within that closed space. And then, finding out what you need to what you need to see from him and how you're going to function the offense next year around his strengths. Like right now, I, I find it a little bit difficult to find out what the identity of the Steelers offense is because I don't know really other than quick game what they're doing well on offense. And I'm not that's what I need to find out. Like what is he comfortable with? Um, how do they need to shape the scheme next year in order to fit his strengths and hide his weaknesses? So for me, that's the thing. I know a lot of people are going to focus on the interceptions and they're killers. I mean, neither one of those um, interceptions last week, the one to Holland is a way bigger deal to me than the last one. The one to Holland was a terrible read and he does not have the arm to make that throw. So that was concerning. But at the end of the day, like 
you got to understand that there's going to be those times where he's going to do stupid stuff because he's a rookie and he hasn't seen all the different coverages um, yet at this level. Um, so it's not necessarily as much about the mistakes. I want to see more flashes. Like I want to see more pushing the ball down the field, like that throw to Fryer move in the fourth quarter, like into a tight window. Like that's the stuff that I want to see. Um, and I'll kind of live with the mistakes as they, you know, kind of go on. So. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think it's a, it's a progression and he's got to learn where he's comfortable and what he can't do. That's, that's the thing when it comes to the NFL is you are no longer able to live and die with just being like a really good football player. You have to be really good at what you do. You have to hone those skills. You have to perfect those skills. That's how, that's how you get, that's how, that's how you get better because then you could grow from there. You know, once you understand, okay, I can't make the, this throw, but I could make that throw. I could do this. I can't do this. Then you start to develop how to do those things even better and then find, you know, kind of like the scapegoat or not the scapegoat, the, um, like the back door, the secret tunnels of how to win while doing those things. I agree with all that. Um, you brought up Matt Canada's offense and I was talking to some guys at practice today and a lot of people for some reason said that there's just too much heat on Matt Canada, that his schemes and everything are not as bad as we, we believe they are. And I kind of had the same reaction as you. I was like, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but it's pretty terrible. And when you go back and watch the film, it's even worse. So can we just like address that, that people are wrong because it is awful. So much so that people are like, you're you're trying to get this guy fired. Somebody told me, not to my face, but somebody told me on Twitter that I am trying to get this guy fired and he's really not that bad or he deserves less heat. And I was just like, no, man, he's trying to get himself fired. I'm not doing anything. I'm just reporting the news. That's all I'm doing. I, I feel like I say this every week, but there's 31 NFL offenses and then there's Matt Canada's. Like we, we are operating on a completely different level of – you know, just ineptitude um, in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a horrific scheme that puts some high school offenses that I've been around to shame. Like, I'm just yeah. going to be honest. I mean, I'm not um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think it's awful. I'm not to, uh, you know, toot my own horn or anything, because like when I say stuff like this, I don't want to be right. Um, but it's just I'm an honest person. I, when they hired Canada, I kept asking people, what do you guys think that he does like really well? Like that's going to make this team extremely successful. I heard motion. I heard play action. We ain't seen none of it. They're none of they're it. near the bottom in play action. They're near the bottom in motion percentage. He has absolutely no clue how to develop a passing game. Now, with that being said, here's one thing I'd like to point out that I'm seeing a lot of on Twitter. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people say that like, you know, you can't, it is very difficult to judge Kenny in this offense because it's a bad offense. Like they have good, good weaponry on the outside. I think the receivers are, um, are good, good enough to function, um, on offense. The thing is Kenny is still missing some throws down the field that are there that he's not pulling the trigger on. Those are still concerning and noteworthy to point out. And you can also acknowledge that he's not in the best situation in terms of like, He's not getting passes schemed open for him um, like other quarterbacks. But that's the thing. I mean, we knew that kind of from the jump. Like his off – Canada is also a really good example, like to phrase it. Like you ever – everyone knows a guy from like high school or from college that like kind of fell up 
somehow. Like they weren't yeah. really good. Yeah. They weren't Thank good you. students. They're not good people. But yep. somehow you always see them getting breaks. Like everything yep. just for whatever reason works out for them. You know, if they throw something up against the wall, it just somehow sticks. Canada was a bad offensive coordinator for pretty much the entire time that he was in college. I mean, he had one yep. good year at Pitt and then he left for greener pastures in LSU. They quickly got rid of him because he was terrible. He was out of football. He gets a job with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a great job as a quarterback coach. Does, like the offense isn't good with him there. And then he falls up into another offensive coordinator job. So he's not a person that people have really wanted to surround themselves with in multiple different organizations over the past decade. And he keeps getting these opportunities. So I, I wish I could explain it better than that. I don't understand people that are like, I don't get how you're watching the Steelers, even from the broadcast angle on Sundays, not saying you need to do cha- do a bunch of tape work. I don't know how you're watching the Steelers on Sunday and being like, yeah, we're too hard on Matt Canada. Like what have y'all been to a high school football game? Like I'm not saying like this, this offense shouldn't be, you know, I'm not asking for this to be Buffalo. All right. We're, they don't have that type of quarterback. They don't have that type of talent, but this, this is better than bottom two off bottom two, bottom three offense in the league. Like that's yep. the point. Oh, this should be easy. a, this should be a slightly below average offense with everything constructed currently um, and we're just not getting that. And that, that to me is just an absolute disaster. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. The falling up thing is the best thing you could have possibly said, because that was the argument that I got time. And I get it time and time again, from everybody from all over people in person, people on social media, all over the place. Well, if, if, um, if Pat Narduzzi, Mike Tomlin and Ed O hire you you must be you must know something you must be good at something and i'm like no he got lucky i don't understand how it happened but he got lucky like he carried one successful year at pit into an entire career and now he's using that to snowball it up upwards and it's gonna come crashing down in four months five months less than five months but thank thank you for saying that thank you i got nothing to add because it's spot on. Like, it's just, there's nothing to argue. It's bad. It's bad. You don't run multiple plays. If you run the same play twice and it fails twice and you didn't learn from the first one. So you just tried it again. This isn't Madden. Okay. We're not playing Madden. I would do that because I'm like, I really like that play. I think it's going to work the second time. It's not going to do that in the NFL. It's just not. Ask ask yourself this. And then we can get off the Canada topic because we're both just getting fired up. But ask yourself this. If, (laughs) If any other coordinator, okay, the Miami Dolphins, for example, last week had their fourth string cornerback, a former first round pick that they completely gave up on. They do they yep. do not want him. They tossed him to the side. They were playing undrafted guys, like less heralded guys over him. Okay. This is a kid, and I like Noah. I'm not trying to like pick on him as a player. He made a no, no, he made no. a game yeah. he made a game winning interception. Like good on him. I think he did some good things last week. This is a dude that Miami did not want. Okay, Miami felt comfortable playing man coverage on the outside against Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and the Steelers could not make them pay for it. Yep, they had their four string corner in press coverage on the outside 
against Deontay Johnson, one of the best route runners in the league, and George Pickens, who I already think is a good receiver. And they couldn't make them pay. And this is the thing. It wasn't really a mystery on what they were doing. Like on third downs last week, let me just give you all some numbers. On third downs last week, Miami played man coverage on 63% of the snaps. That was number one in the NFL on third down. Okay. They weren't even disguising it. They were literally just lining up (laughs) series after series at the line of scrimmage. And they couldn't make them pay. Like to me, that is bizarre. Like yeah. it's it's just it's bizarre. And that's what that's what concerns me moving forward is like I don't know if Canada is good enough to adjust to what to things that are happening in the game and say, okay, we have a solution for that. Like yep. some offensive coordinators are good about putting together game plans, but they're not good play callers because they don't make good adjustments. He has a terrible scheme, but he also can't adjust in the game to what defenses are giving them and that to me yep. that to me is when you begin to like think like we've lost hope and that that's that's why you know it, it's it's hard like I said that's the part that I think make, is going to make it hard to evaluate Kenny because I think he's in a terrible system that isn't going to give him any gimmies like he's not going to get the assistance from the scheme that other young quarterbacks are getting you look at Bailey Zappi who literally looked like a functioning good NFL quarterback for multiple weeks with Matt Patricia calling the plays because they were just scheming him wide open plays on play action. Like this man has 158.3 perfect passer rating on play action. Meanwhile, the Steelers are running play action and running play action bootlegs to the flat to Connor Hayward and freaking (laughs) like what are in the run screen passes. I mean, it's, it's really bizarre to me that, it's it is like i said it's bizarre to me that he has a job and i, I mean that respectfully oh, it's, but that's just how i feel I, yeah you have to mean it respectfully but at the same time like you know it's hit the point where like people are getting so upset and so like trying to blame so many different things and it's just like i don't understand i don't understand where where those expectations are coming from how you walked into this and watched this game and go yeah you know what shuffle passes to zach entry that was the, 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 the right second there. down stuff. The second down shuffle pass took me out. I'm, I wish you guys <laughs> could have been in my basement. I wish, I wish you guys would have, would have been in my it basement. It was so bad. It was so see, bad. That I was see, the end of it. I see, um, Rich is saying if they don't take down, down shots down the field, play action won't work. Look, you don't have to be a good running team to run play action. You don't have to always take deep shots when you run play action. But you got to take something other than bootlegs and sprint outs. Like if if every time you're going play action, it's to um, change the launch point and move the pocket and all you're doing is hitting the flat, that's not doing anything to stretch the defense vertically. All you're doing is stretching them horizontally. Like there's multiple things that you need to do with play action. They don't have the ability right now, like in their scheme, to test teams vertically. Like if you look and you watch other teams – and how they use play action, they're manipulating the second level defenders like the linebackers and hitting shots over the middle of the field. We saw it too. We saw Tua do it to the Steelers the whole first like whole 20 game. minutes of the game against them. Yep. Like Tua, play action, boom, crosser, boom, skinny yep. post, condensed yep. split, throw into the middle of the field. Like you don't necessarily have to be this like, you don't have to have a crazy arm to throw those. Like Jared Goff. McVeigh had this man looking like an MVP candidate 
back in like 2018, 2017 with this like wide zone play action pass over the top, over the middle. Jimmy G's made a living throwing over the middle of the field, even though I don't think he's a great quarterback. He's serviceable because Shanahan's able to get him play action looks and they're able to use the middle of the field. Canada can't even do that. That's that to me is it's just bad. <laughs> it's really bad. You could come up with a million. Like I have two plays in my head right now that I just won't because we'll just keep going. Like I could talk. Never I, I, I could talk. I could talk X's and O's and why this is so bad for three hours. We'd need an entire. We'd we'd run into tomorrow's college football. <laughs> It'd be bad, though, but that's what I'm saying. Like I've that's just what I've dealt with on social media forever. It's been a stressful week. Just I'm just tired of defending it. So I'm just gonna crap this out. I'm gonna put it on YouTube and anytime anybody's like well it's not matt canada i'm just gonna share the link and be like here this is why it's matt canada thank you very much all right before we get out of here we got one we got one more thing left to do best part of the week i don't know what we're at i don't think i got the uh the Steelers Ooh, covered. Got it last week they covered but i think i had the over so i got i went one of two let's see let's see i got it right here um you went 27 20 the over was 45 and a half so you went over. So yeah, it was way under the 45 and a half. But the Steelers did cover. So you were you were right there. I had the Steelers to win. So shame on it me. It is what um, it is. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Pittsburgh's walking into Philly, a city that is red hot right now. Like red. red. I wish there was a World Series game going on because I would just love to see what that city's like in the middle of all the heat. Um, week eight, 10 and a half point dogs, 43 and a half over under. I was told today that uh, that they're going to cover the 10 and a half, that it's just, why would you ever bet 10, 10 and a half is just too big? That's what I was told. And I was like, well, you have fun doing that. And I'm I'm done betting on sports this season, but <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. All right, 45, 43 and a half, 10 and a half point dogs in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, what, what's your score? What do you got? Mm, I don't know. I, see, for one, I didn't even know the spread when we came in here today. So, good old ten um, and a half. Can I change my answer if TJ plays? If because TJ, I do think yeah, you spread... can give me you can give me okay. a TJ a with and a without TJ. Okay. Um. Mm, I think. I think I want the under regardless. Okay. Um, I will also say, um, I see, I want to answer this question real quick before I, I get to the rest of my prediction. Um, Anthony's matchups we should look forward to. Um, Lane Johnson's come back from a concussion, um, for what I understand. If he plays and Watt plays, I'm interested in that matchup because I think Lane Johnson, one of the best right tackles in football, TJ, obviously, superstar. Um, yep. So that's a matchup that I'm really specifically looking forward to. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, Slay and Bradbury are both really good corners. I, I'm interested to see yeah. um, how – and they play a lot of man coverage. So um, I don't know the exact number. I'll have to look really quick. But they play a lot of man, and I think that's going to leave a lot of really good opportunities for the Steelers. Um, those are good corners, but I still think that you've absolutely got to try to exploit that. Um let me see. Yeah, Philly's top five and man coverage percentage. So um, I'll say the under and then I'll take Philly if Watt doesn't play 
if he plays, I I want I want the Steelers <laughs> with the points. Obviously, I I, I won't. Okay. I'm not betting on them to win. But um, let's say if he doesn't play, shoot. Um, 27, 13, 13 high scoring game for the Steelers here, huh? Yeah. And then if he plays, if he plays, give me something like 24, 17 or something. 24, 17. Or 24, 14, 24, 14. They'll score on 24, defense. 24, 14. They'll score on defense. Yeah. All right. So I also, I'm definitely hammering the under. There's no possible. This might be the easiest under you'll take well, all I, season long. I wanted the over last week because I, I was sitting there watching the film of Miami's defense. And not that I think they've got scrubs over there. Like I, I enjoy watching Javon Holland. Um, I think they've got a couple of pass rushers. Jalen Phillips has been a really good player. I didn't see a defense that I was like, yeah, this is going to shut down the Steelers, even in their, you know, infant stages of what we refer to as an offense. Well, it but didn't. I'm, I'm done. I'm done thinking that the Steelers, even yeah. against bad defenses, are going to score points. And I think that's Philly's what I'm defense saying. Is pretty good, um, yeah. especially they're going to get Robert Quinn, who they just traded for. That's a big boost for them. I know Quinn's been a little slow this year, but. He's still um, athletically gifted, can still bend the corner, and they've got a bunch of guys up front that they're going to be able to, like, rotate in and out. So the Steelers, another big thing for them will be staying in the game early. Like we talked about against Tampa, you absolutely have to um, start fast. And against Philly, it's going to be the same thing. Like, if you get down 10 points and you're able to let Philly kind of tee off against Kenny and where they're rushing, you know, Robert Quinn, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, um, Brandon Graham, like guys, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, if you're allowed to get those guys playing one-dimensional football where they're just getting after the passer, it's going to be ugly. So you have to stay in the game early, meaning you need to score in the first quarter. Nah. In Durant. Nah, not happening. Not happening. All right. <laughs> I am much less optimistic than you are um, either way. So I'm definitely taking the under. No way. No way they're hitting the over on this. Like there's unless Philly scores 40, there's just no way. There's no possible way. This is like I'm I don't want to say it, but this is this is the end of the Canada run. This is when everybody in Pittsburgh starts to just get it in their head. Players, organization, Rooney, Canada himself, everybody and their mother is just like, all right, it's just over. Like there's just, you know, we might beat, they might beat Atlanta, they might beat New Orleans, maybe they'll pull off another. Cincinnati game, but I doubt it just because they can't score any points with no TJ. I feel really bad saying this one, but 28 to 10. And this is the, that's that score right there is the first time all season. I felt confident in a score prediction, 28 to 10 feel terrible about that pick. I don't like doing this at all. Um, I'm very excited for the turnaround because, you know, I'd like to pick some wins and feel confident in them. If TJ does play, 21 to 10. We'll cut off a touchdown. TJ gets a sack. Alex gets a sack. Maybe the offense still does absolutely nothing because it's just the offense. Like, just like you said, like it's not Miami didn't beat the Steelers. The Steelers beat the Steelers. They couldn't do anything at all. They ran shuffle passes on second down. They were the most predictable offense in the NFL for the seventh week in a row. 
I don't expect anything to change. I expect Nick Sirianni to be an intelligent head coach, even though he doesn't sound like it in press conferences, and be able to adjust to football games. And then I expect, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Mike Tomlin has enough, and at halftime, Mike Sullivan starts calling plays. But if that's not the case, 28-10, 21-10, don't feel good about it whatsoever. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I've been wrong every single week this week or this season. So, I mean, Maybe I might as well good. just be wrong again. I know. Might as well be wrong again. Um, I will bring up the shuffle pass until I die. Okay. This is, I've, we might have to start selling shirts of just the shuffle pass. And just what are we doing here? What are we doing? All right. We'll see what happens. Don't feel good about it, but we'll head into Sunday with some optimism. Hopefully, if anything, you could take away some positives that TJ Watts back on the field, and that's the beginning of what hopes to be a turnaround for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to head out of here. I don't have any. I'm trying to come up with words of encouragement for everybody. Do you have any? I don't have anything. I don't have anything. You know, put a smile on your face. Yeah. Get after Jalen Hurts. Stop <laughs> stop the run. Get after Hurts. He'll duck his head. He'll try to start bailing on clean pockets. That's the best I got for you. That's the best you got for it. This is what this this is a game Minka Fitzpatrick could take advantage of. I will say that one. All right. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, check out mine and Derek's work at allsteelers.com. I'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, we're wrong with another bet. Enjoy your weekend. If you're in Philadelphia, stay safe. We'll see you next week.